There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kazen, and I'm coming to you on another beautiful day. But this time, I'm back in Sao Paulo. But I was, actually, I recorded the last episode in Sao Paulo. I didn't record any podcast when I was in Salvador. So anyway, it's a beautiful day. It's probably like 30 degrees outside, a few clouds in the sky. A nice, mellow afternoon here in Ipiranga, Sao Paulo. Uh, just had some lunch, man, chicken, carrots, potatoes. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm nice and full, ready. To come to you with this new transmission, this new podcast, and today we're talking about the irrational fear of rejection, okay? That's the topic of the podcast today, so if that doesn't interest you, it might be a good idea to stop the transmission at this very moment, but I don't recommend you do that, you know? I think it's going to be a good show, and I hope you enjoy it. So let's get right into it, man. Let's not waste any time. Um, why do I want to talk about the fear of the irrational fear of rejection. Um, a few reasons, man. I feel like the main reason is actually something personal because it's, the fear of rejection is something that played a major role in my life since I was a little kid, and it still affects me today. You know what I'm saying? The fear of rejection was affecting me in my life before I even knew what it was, before I even knew what was happening. You know what I'm saying? Um, for example, like, when I was a kid, the first thing I wanted to be in life was an actor. Don't ask me why. I just it was it was something that I felt came natural to me. I was good at imitating people. I would sit in my room watching different movies like Bad Boys 2, for example, and I would be acting out the scenes as if I were Will Smith or Martin Lawrence or something like that. Um, and it was I don't know. I just that's just what I wanted to do. And it's. It's funny now because it's the past and I can laugh about it, but even I had to have been, you know, nine years old at the time. And even then I convinced myself at nine or 10 years old that being an actor was a dream that I was never going to reach or achieve because there was too much competition. And, you know, one out of every million people that moved to Los Angeles to pursue an acting career actually are successful in in 
in that career in that space so i was like nah that's not something i could do that's 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 not for me it could it could never happen so then you know at age like 13 the next thing i wanted to be was a rapper i've always loved hip-hop music i've been listening to it since i was a kid and uh, i wanted to make music and i did the same thing i convinced myself like nah i don't have anything to say you know nobody's gonna like what i have to offer it's like so many people want to be rappers and almost none of them are successful in being rappers so i'm probably nah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pursue that and then after that you know let's say almost 10 years later i wanted to be a photographer and i'm sure you can guess you know what my thought process was about pursuing a career in photography is the same thing like ah it's probably not for me you know it's really hard to make good money in that industry and you know, the type of photography I want to do isn't the type that makes money and bam, 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 all that bullshit. You know that? And I'm sure if you're listening to me right now, I'm sure almost anyone can relate to that kind of thought process um, at some point in their life, kind of just convincing themselves they can't do something or they're not good enough to do something or or uh, whatever it is. Just convincing yourself not to do something that you actually have the potential to do right you know I, I convinced myself not to pursue many things in life due to the fear of rejection man those are just a few examples that i wrote down in my notes here but i could tell you hundreds of different situations right and i'm sure you can think of hundreds of, of situations your personal situations that you experience where you maybe ran from something or avoided something because you were afraid of being rejected and we'll talk in more detail about the idea of rejection what rejection actually is we'll talk about that in a little bit but i wanted to record this podcast today because it wasn't really until last month that i truly started to understand what the fear of rejection is and how it's been affecting my life all these years you know because um it was actually it was almost we're in november now so it was two months ago i'd say one or two months ago, I started working on this photography project uh, here in Brazil. And the way I would, you know, go about doing the project is I would approach people in the streets and ask them to make a portrait of them because it's a portrait project. I'm trying to show the diversity of the people that you see here in Brazil, which I really believe you don't see anywhere else. Maybe the United States, um, but the mixture is different. It's just there's no other country on the planet like Brazil, in my humble opinion. And I wanted to capture that visually through my photography in, a, in this project but anyway I'm, I'm telling you that to tell you that the way I do the project is I'm approaching strangers on the street and asking them if I can make a picture of them and in doing that you face a lot of what we think of as rejection a lot of people tell you no they think you're weird they think you're crazy they don't have time whatever the reason is that they tell you no you hear the word no a lot you know what I'm saying and I hate being rejected, right? So it kind of it kind of um messed with my self-esteem, my confidence and stuff like that and it made me want to stop working on the project and that's when I kind of started looking for information about this idea of rejection. Like what is it? How is it affecting me and how to overcome or how to react differently to that fear? You know what I'm saying? So really I'd like to talk about rejection today because I think it's something that affects most of us at some point in our life. Even, you know, it affects some of us more than others, but I think it affects everyone at some point 
in life. And I'm hoping that the experiences that I've had and the knowledge that I've acquired can maybe help you or inspire you to overcome your irrational fears. You know what I'm saying? And of course, as always, I'm hoping that you'll learn uh, some new English vocabulary or at least improve your comprehension skills. Because that means that really is the point of the podcast, right? To help you improve your English, your understanding of the English language. But the way I like to do it is by discussing a wide range of different topics because in life we talk about and we experience a wide range of different things, right? So if you've been listening to the podcast since the first episode, I'm sure you know that by now. But if this is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you for being here. And that's how we do it here at Life in English. All right. So um, how how are we doing on time? I feel like I just went on a long tangent there. We had seven minutes, 30 seconds. So I think it's a good time to really get into the meat and potatoes or the mass or the, the thick or the, the, the raw, the real material of this podcast and talk about the fear of rejection. OK, so what exactly is the fear of rejection? What exactly is it? Well, I mean, if you if you Google that question, if you write that question in the Google search engine, you'll probably find an answer similar to the following. It's an irrational fear that people won't accept you as a person because of your opinions, your beliefs, your appearance, uh, your personality, your behavior, etc. Right. The, the irrational fear that people won't accept you for who you are. That's basically what it is. Right. So now that we have something like a definition, I want to talk about a few. I want to go a little bit deeper to a few aspects of the fear of rejection. For example, the consequences of giving in to the fear of rejection or succumbing to the fear of rejection. Okay, um, one thing or one consequence of giving in to that fear of being rejected is that it prevents you from sharing your personal opinions. You know, and this is something that I used to do a lot. I mean, there were many times when um, I really didn't have anything to say in a conversation with other people or in a, in a group setting or something like that. But there were also many times when I would like consciously choose to be quiet and not say anything. Cause I was, I was just afraid of what people would think of my thoughts and my opinions and you know, what I had to say. So because of that fear, I just didn't say anything. And that became like a, a, a bad habit. You know what I'm saying? Because I was so afraid of being like judged or being seen as weird or um, people not liking what I had to say or something like that or saying something stupid. And uh, I just became a much more quiet person naturally, you know, through habit. I was I mean, I was never super loud or, or attention call or nothing like that. But I started expressing myself less and less due to the fear of being rejected, you know, and this kind of behavior is really, really dangerous because. After a while, like, depending on the type of person you are, you only start to say and do things that other people agree with. You know what I'm saying? Just so you won't be or so that you won't feel rejected by someone. You start expressing opinions that you know other people like or agree with. You start doing things that you know other people like or agree with. And you end up being what we call a people pleaser. And a people pleaser, I mean, the the name is pretty self-explanatory, but just just in case you don't understand, a people pleaser is somebody who is constantly trying to please other people, right? They never say anything controversial. They never um, 
contradict other people. They never disagree with other people or things like that because they don't want to be rejected. They don't want to be, they don't want to have, they don't want to have people mad at them or upset with them or think that they're weird or crazy or, or that, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just want to make everybody happy. They want to do things that please other people, even if it means sacrificing themselves, sacrificing their own beliefs and thoughts and opinions and actions just so that other people like them. That's a people pleaser. Okay. Um, another thing, another consequence of giving in to the fear of rejection is it leads to excessive copying of other people's behavior. And what I mean by that is you, I mean, following that same that same logic that we talked about with the people pleaser, you start behaving in a way that you think is going to get you accepted by other people. So you start trying to behave like or talk like or think like people who are socially accepted, people who are popular and stuff like that. You know, when you're afraid of being rejected, you'll do pretty much anything to avoid the feeling of rejection. You see what I'm saying? You just do anything to fit in. And uh, that also is, in my opinion, if you ask me, it's, it's really it's a dangerous game to play. You know what I'm saying? Um, you might even start believing what other people believe or you might start being interested in what other people are interested in just to get closer to them and and make them think you're an acceptable person. You know, but what ends up happening is you really lose touch with yourself in an attempt to get in touch with somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And in my opinion, that is the ultimate self-betrayal. You see what I'm saying? You should never, and it's just my opinion, obviously, you should never give up who you are or what you think or what you believe just so you can be accepted by somebody else. I mean, it don't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense. You know what I'm saying? When you really stop and think about it, it makes absolutely no sense. Because not only... Not only are you betraying yourself, but a lot of times when you betray yourself to please somebody else, a lot of times the person that you're trying to please really doesn't even give a fuck about you or what you have to say or what you think. You know what I'm saying? And it's all in your head. And you're just you just want to be accepted so bad by this person or by these people that you'll do anything when a lot of times most people don't give a fuck about you. Like maybe that's pessimistic or or whatever, but in my eyes that's the truth so i mean it really is just better and easier for everyone if you just be yourself and when i talked i think i've talked about that before like on the reasons to be yourself episode of this podcast you know so if you don't know what i'm talking about um go check it out reasons to be yourself i don't remember what episode number it was but um yeah so i won't i won't go too deep into that subject again cuz i've already done a podcast about that. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, another consequence of giving in to the fear of rejection is that your emotions change. The way you feel changes based on what other people think about you. You know what I'm saying? Like when you fear rejection, you tend to base your feelings and your mood, the way you feel about yourself, you base that on what other people say about you, the way other people look at you, the way other people praise you or, or criticize you. And based on all those things, the way you feel about yourself changes. Your mood goes up and down, you know what I'm saying? You go from happy to sad or to angry or disappointed or ashamed, whatever it is, just because somebody else doesn't like what you had to say 
or somebody else doesn't like the way you dress or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? And when you do this, what and it's just I'm not you know an expert or anything like that, obviously. But what I think happens is you end up giving all the control over your emotional state. Your, your mental well-being, you give all that control to somebody who, like I said, most of the time doesn't even really care about you. And that is a dangerous game to play. You know what I'm saying? To to give your mental well-being. Like, you wake up in the morning and you don't feel good unless you feel like somebody else accepts you as a person. That's a dangerous game to play, bro. Or sis, because you might be a woman, right? Um... And just, let me clarify that real quick, just in case you don't know. In English, at least in the United States, a lot of times at the end of our sentences, especially men, we'll say bro or dude or man or something like that. Even when we're talking to women, we're not calling you bro, like brother. It's kind of just like a, a, a colloquial thing that we do. So don't, maybe that, because I've had that question before. Somebody asked me who was learning English. She was like, why do you keep saying, why do you keep calling me bro? I was just like, I'm not... We're not calling you brother, you know. I know you're not a man. It's just, you know, it's what we do. Anyway, uh, where was I at? Ah, yeah. Giving your emotional well-being, giving the control over your emotional well-being to other people is not something that I would recommend to anybody. You know what I'm saying? I've done it before. Done it before. And I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, bro. And like I said, I'm really, this whole podcast is based on my personal experience. I just kind of tried to organize my thoughts in note form. And now I'm giving it to you in the form of this podcast. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not just talking and saying anything, saying these things because it sounds good. I'm actually, you know, speaking from personal experience, but also research that I've done about the subject. But anyway, um, when you give control over your, your mental well-being and your emotional state to other people, what happens is you kind of get on this roller coaster ride of emotions that never really stops. You know what I'm saying? You're feeling great one day because somebody complimented you on something you said or the clothes that you're wearing or the way you behave or whatever it is. You feel great that day. It's amazing. But if somebody has anything negative to say about you, if somebody criticizes you even for something insignificant, you take it personally. You think they're trying to attack who you are as a person, you know, and I think a lot of us have difficulty with that kind of separating our thoughts and beliefs or, you know, our our personal interests from who we are. You see what I'm saying? And maybe that maybe that doesn't make sense because hearing myself say it, it kind of seems a little vague. But what I'm trying to say is when somebody disagrees with one of your thoughts or with one of your opinions, It doesn't mean that they're rejecting you as a person. They just don't agree with that individual thought that you've just expressed. It doesn't mean they don't like you. It doesn't mean they've rejected who you are or that they don't accept you. It's just they don't agree with that thought. And you are not your thoughts. Right? We don't even know exactly where thoughts come from. Right? Or at least I don't. I can't say we. I don't know where they come from. You see what I'm saying? So... That's one thing I had to learn is that you are not necessarily your thoughts. And it's okay if people disagree with what you have to say or what you believe. I mean, people died so that you could have that right to 
think and say and believe whatever the hell you want, at least in the United States. I can't speak for other countries, but at least in the U.S. So, um, yeah, I value that very highly these days. I mean, just saying what you mean and saying what you believe. If not, then don't say anything. But, I mean, we've already talked about how dangerous that is as well. I'm not saying you have to say everything that you think, you know, everything that you believe. That's your choice. But to consciously be quiet because you're afraid of what people are going to think about it, that um, it's not cool, all right? After all that, that's basically what I'm trying to say. You know, I think, I think the real danger is that you lose a sense of identity when you do things like that. You know what I'm saying? When you're, you're constantly trying to get other people to accept you, you, you lose a sense of identity. Because like I said, you start behaving differently just to be accepted. You know, when, I mean, the real, the real key to internal peace is accepting yourself. And once you've truly done that, you really don't give a fuck about what other people think about you. You really don't. You really don't. I'm not saying that, you know, you become an asshole. It's like, I don't give a fuck what people think about me. I'm a piece of shit. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, just be yourself. And I'm not even saying be proud to be yourself because, in my opinion, pride comes from having accomplished something. You see what I'm saying? So maybe you can be proud of the things that you've done or the person that you've become. I mean, 100%. But I'm just saying something very different from pride. I'm just saying acceptance. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, another um, consequence of giving in to the fear of rejection is that you become a really needy person. And just in case you don't understand that word needy, a needy person is, first of all, let me spell it for you, N-E-E-D-Y, needy. A needy person is somebody who constantly needs something from other people, you know? And um, I think this one maybe isn't so obvious because it's it's not something that you think of when you think about the fear of rejection as being needy, per se. But when you fear rejection, you're constantly in need of the approval of someone else, you know what I'm saying? You need attention, you need positive feedback, uh, you need to know that you're a desirable person, you know, and you'll do almost anything to get that feeling of approval, of social acceptance or whatever it is, you know. And the people that genuinely like needy people are the ones who are good at manipulating needy people for their own benefit. You know what I'm saying? So being a needy person, I really don't know anybody who likes needy people. Just because they like needy people. If you like a needy person, it's because maybe you're a little bit sick and you're about to manipulate or twist this person for your own benefit. I can't see why you would like that. Babies are needy. That's understandable. But a grown-ass man, like 32, a grown-ass woman, you know, in her 20s or 30s or 40s, nobody, nobody, nobody really likes that, you know? If I, wanna, if I want a baby, then I'll make one, right? Anyway, uh, how are we doing on time, man? Let me check this out. 20, 22 minutes? Not bad, right? You're still with me, right? Hello? You still there? All right. Next consequence of um, giving in to, to neediness, man, is that, 
like I just said, you succumb to manipulation very easily. You're very easily manipulated. Because one, one of two things is going to happen when people realize that you're needy and you have a low self-esteem, you have a low level of self-confidence. One of two things is going to happen. Number one, they're going to take advantage of your weak spirit and manipulate you for their own benefit. Or they're going to take you for granted. And maybe you don't understand that expression, take someone or something for granted. Basically what that means is you kind of you kind of underappreciate someone or something because it's always going to be there, right? And something that's always there, sometimes you forget what the actual value of that is, like running water or oxygen or food in your refrigerator or a supermarket. You kind of take it for granted because it's just normal. It's always been that way. But, you know, just a few hundred years ago, maybe less than that, actually, you know, you had to put seeds into the earth and like till the earth, you know what I'm saying, to make it to make it ready to put the seeds in there. Then you had to water it and maintain it and then wait for the actual food to grow out of the ground and then harvest it, then clean it, then cut it, then cook it, and then eat it. You see what I'm saying? We take that type of stuff for granted because now you just get in your car. Matter of fact, you can get food from the supermarket delivered to your fucking house by pressing a few buttons on your cell phone. Like, stop and think about that for a second. That's insane. And that's that's what I mean. That's the type of stuff that we take for granted. So, getting back to my original point. Number one, they're going to take advantage of you in some way or form. Or they're going to take you for granted. And neither one of these outcomes is positive for you at all. I don't see how they could be, right? And I think we as people, we generally admire and respect the people who have self-confidence, a sense of self-worth. You know, they understand and they value themselves as people, you know. Those are generally generally the people that we admire and have respect for. And the people who aren't going to let them go, let, how can I say that? People who aren't going to let, fuck, I'm getting tongue-tied. Um, the people who aren't going to let go of themselves in order to keep someone else. You see what I'm saying? I'm not going to let go of myself or betray myself just to keep another person in my life. You see? That's the type of person that commands respect. Somebody who's willing to betray themselves just to keep a person in their lives is just asking, asking for trouble. You know what I'm saying? You can be easily manipulated, poorly treated, taken for granted, you know what I'm saying? And you just become miserable just because you want this person so badly to accept you and stay in your life. When in reality, it's probably healthier to just let it go. Because at the end of the day, all you have is you, right? I mean, you got mom, dad, sister, brother, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. But at the end of the day, all you got is you. So take care of you. You know what I'm saying? Just my opinion. Just my humble opinion. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Another consequence. I think this is the last one on the list. Let me check. Yeah. Another consequence of giving in to the fear 
the irrational fear of rejection is that you constantly feel dissatisfied with yourself and with your life. You know, I mean, it's extremely hard, maybe even impossible to feel happy and fulfilled and satisfied with your life when you base your entire mental well-being on the thoughts and opinions of other people. I don't see how that's possible, you know. And happiness, it really, it isn't something that comes from an external source in the first place. So you can't base your life on external sources, right? I mean, I'm sure most of us have heard the cliche. Maybe you've heard it in another language if you're uh, listening to this podcast. But I'm sure the cliche exists in many languages and cultures. Like, it starts on the inside. It starts within. You know, if you want to change the world, you got to change yourself. If you want to, you know, you get the idea. So if you want to be happy, you got to find, or not even find, you have to create happiness. You have to earn happiness. And that starts internally, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't come from somebody else or something else. You see what I'm saying? And that's just what I believe. I don't I don't know how the shit works. I'm just saying. It doesn't come from an external source. So when you try to, when you base your well-being or your emotional state on other people or other things or being accepted... You're just constantly dissatisfied because you're constantly looking for something that people aren't even thinking about giving you, right? You're constantly looking for an, a, a sign of approval or acceptance or a compliment or or some positive feedback, and nobody else is aware of that. You're all in. You're all deep inside your head, worried about these things when everybody else on the outside they're not really thinking about that. Oh, I gotta give Tony some positive feedback today, but I gotta give Tony a hug and let him know that he's a great guy. They're not thinking about that shit. Most people aren't. Most people are not. They're worried about themselves, right? Their problems, their bills, their insecurities, their family, their job, you know, their dreams, whatever it is. They're not thinking about you. So it really is irrational to base your happiness on something like that. You know, it it doesn't make sense. So, like I said, you got to be content with yourself first before you can be content with anything else in life. And I truly believe that. I really believe that. Before you can be content with any other relationship or project or challenge, whatever, I mean, just anything in life, you got to be content with yourself, you know? Otherwise, you're always going to be running into roadblocks and barriers and hitting your head on the wall, metaphorically, of course, or literally, maybe. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that's what I believe. Those are some some very real consequences of uh, giving into the fear of rejection. You know what I'm saying? So now uh, I'd like to talk about. Where does the fear of rejection even come from? Because right, we've we've defined it more or less, and we've talked about what happens when you when you give into it. And I've been saying that a lot. Maybe you don't understand what I mean when I say give into the fear of rejection. It basically means to surrender to the fear of rejection, or to succumb to the fear of rejection. Right? You let the fear. How can I say that? You let the fear conquer you instead of conquering the fear itself. You see. That's what I mean by give in to surrender. So where does the fear of rejection even come from? That's that's a good question, I think. And I, I would say like all fears, rational or irrational, the fear of rejection is something that gets developed over time. 
you know, through various interactions with different people, various experiences that you have in your life, you know, because your experiences, the interactions that you have with other people, they mold you as a person, right? I mean, they make you who you are. We're all products of our environment, of our experiences, of our ancestors. You know, all of that is inside you right now. And all of that makes a part of who you are right now. And I think your fears are no different. They're no different, you know. So I would say, how can I say this? Matter of fact, let's do it this way. We're going to get into some of the, the factors that that create this irrational fear of rejection. All right. So the first one is that if you if you fear rejection, chances are you you have a very low or very poor self-esteem. And just in case you don't know what that is, self-esteem, um, self, S-E-L-F, esteem is E-S-T-E-E-M, esteem. And basically, a low self-esteem is kind of like a low level of confidence or a low level of self-worth. You don't think of yourself very highly. You don't value yourself very highly, okay? And um, like I said before, having a low sense of self-worth can cause you to start looking to other people, you know what I'm saying, who will do things and say things that make you feel better about you or better about yourself, I mean. But if those same people say something negative or simply don't give you the attention that you're looking for or the response that you were expecting, you begin to feel weak or you begin to feel silly or ashamed or or low or stupid, you know, something really, really negative just because you didn't get the approval that you were looking for. People with low selves, low self-esteem, they they suffer with this. I suffer with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, because when you, when you don't see the value in yourself, you look for it with you. You look for other people to 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 see that value. You're hoping somebody else sees it and just gives you a sign that there is something inside you that's valuable, worth paying attention to. And when you don't get that, you're like, shit, I don't like myself and nobody else likes me. Like, what what the fuck am I good for? You know what I'm saying? And kind of diving into a new thought, low self-esteem normally starts at some point in our childhood, I think. Obviously, it can happen at any time in life due to a number of different experiences. But I think for most of us, it starts some at some point in our childhood, right? And depending on your reactions to those initial feelings of low self-worth and, and, and you know, not having any value for yourself, you can create, like, a dangerously bad habit of always valuing yourself very lowly, always, in any situation, whether it be competing in sports or whether it be approaching a girl or a boy or whether it be trying to get a job or travel to a foreign country or pursue a career, you know, whatever it is, you just, you you don't believe in yourself, you know? That's really what it is. A low self-esteem is a lack of belief in the self, in the ability or in the, or in the capacity of the self, right? And especially if this starts at a young age for you, I think maybe you'll always struggle to create a strong sense of self-worth, a strong sense of identity, you know? I don't know. Um, another factor that creates the fear of rejection is, like I said, you lack self-confidence. 
And this is really kind of the same thing, right? A low self-esteem, in essence, is also a, low, a lack of self-confidence, right? And um, I think a lack of self-confidence comes from a lack of accomplishment, right? Because when you accomplish things, it gives you a feeling of confidence. Like, fuck yeah, I did that. You know, I think that's where confidence comes from. Like, you see yourself do something that you didn't know you could do. And that makes you confident to then go do it again. And not only do the same thing again, but then go do other stuff that you don't know you can do. At least try. You know what I'm saying? I think that's where confidence comes from. And you, the more things you accomplish, the more confidence you have, right? I mean, it's simple stuff. And the fear of rejection can, it can cause you to to stay in your comfort zone. Where things are familiar, you know, things feel good, you know what to expect, you know, there's there's no surprises, you know, because for somebody who's low on self-confidence or, or, or self-esteem, any surprise is a bad surprise. Maybe I shouldn't say that, I shouldn't say that, but people with low self-esteem, low self-confidence, they're afraid of surprises, let me say it that way. Any surprise could be positive or negative, but they're just afraid of something unexpected right because you when you when you when you have a low self-esteem you want to know what to expect i think just even if you don't have a low self-esteem human beings in general right we want to know what's going to happen we think about the future we plan for the future we well hopefully you act in order to make your future better right i mean so we we like to know what to expect. We don't like feeling uncertain about things. And I think that feeling just gets even worse when you have no self-confidence or a low self-esteem, you know? You just want to stay where things are familiar, where things are comfortable. But the problem with that is things, like, you don't accomplish anything in your comfort zone. The only thing you accomplish is being comfortable. And what the fuck is amazing about that? Right? Life doesn't happen in the comfort zone. Death happens in the comfort zone, right? Like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stagnation. You know what I'm saying? That happens in the comfort zone. You stay in the same spot all the time. And that's how you die, right? So choosing to live in your comfort zone due to a fear of rejection inevitably will also also cause um, a feeling of anxiety, you know? I mean, you're not stupid. You know that there's a whole world of opportunities out there that you should be trying to conquer, that you should be going after. You know that you have potential. Even if you have a low self-esteem, you know, low self-confidence, you know that you have potential. You're not You're not a fucking idiot. I hope not. I doubt it is what I'm trying to say. I really doubt it. But instead, you sit at home watching Netflix You sit at home playing Candy Crush on your phone. You sit at home, you know, doing whatever, playing video games. And there's nothing wrong with these things. They're actually pretty great. I love PS4. I love FIFA. You know what I'm saying? Smoking weed, hanging out, watching TV. I love watching movies, you know? Being lazy. That's great. It's cool. But all the time, that's not so cool, right? But it's addictive because, like I said, it's comfortable. You know you know what to expect. This is just the way life is. And it's easy. 
But the problem is eventually you're going to have to step outside your comfort zone for one reason or another. It's just it's inevitable. Inevitable. Tragedy happens to everyone. I don't care if you're rich, poor, black, white, man, woman, gay, straight. It doesn't matter. Something's going to happen at some point in your life. Or you're going to die first. I mean, you got two options. You know, so eventually you're going to have to step outside your comfort zone. You're going to have to, you know, and if you've never done that before, or if you always run from a new challenge, if you always run from difficult situations, you won't know what to do. When it's finally time to step up to the plate, you know what I'm saying? And the phrase step up to the plate, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it comes from baseball. Because, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen a game of baseball before. The person that's holding the bat that's going to hit the ball, he's standing over the home plate, the little white square or diamond or whatever it is, um, the base. They call that home plate. So when you say step up to the plate, it means you physically walk up to that white square on the ground and you're ready to hit the bat. In other words, you're ready to take on the challenge. You see what I'm saying? Step up to the plate. Take responsibility. You know, so when it's getting back to what I was saying, when you when it's finally time to step up to the plate, you'll be looking to someone else, hoping that they'll save you. And we've already talked about how dangerous that is. That just opens you up to manipulation, being taken for granted, being undervalued, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So you have to step outside your comfort zone because that's the only way that you're going to gain any kind of self-confidence. You see what I'm saying? So just something to think about, you know. I think another um, another factor in creating the, the the irrational fear of rejection is that many of us, myself included, we don't have great social skills, right? I really, especially like young men, including myself, young men, like we have a really, really strong and irrational fear of uh, interacting with other people, particularly beautiful women, right? And I think that fear, it's not necessarily the fear of the woman or the person, whatever it is. It's really not knowing what to do in the situation, not knowing what to say or how to behave, right? And if you are low on self-confidence, you have low self-esteem, you have a poor self-image, whatever it is, then you feel lost. You're like, oh, shit. What am I supposed to do when really, I mean, for most people who have overcome that fear or most people who have great social skills, you know, you just need to be yourself. But if you've never had to step outside your comfort zone and experience that, if you've never if you've never actively worked to improve your social skills, for example, then you're kind of always just afraid of social interaction because you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say and you want to be accepted. You want to be liked, right? I don't know. I think a lack of social skills in many cases comes from like extended periods of time that you spend alone, particularly as a child or even now as an adult. I mean, it's, it's a skill. It's a skill like any other skill. You have to practice to get better at it. So if you never, if you don't leave the house or if you don't interact with many people, if you, and I'm not saying you got to go to parties and bars and shit like that. That's not for you. But just social interaction, period. If you don't have a lot of it, you're not going to get better at it. And if you don't get better at it, you're going to be more insecure about it. 
You see where I'm going with this? It's like a it's like a negative feedback loop. And it works the same way. If you do it more, you get better. Gives you more confidence. Then you get better. And it gives you more confidence. And that's just the way it works. You know? With any skill. English. Coding. Soccer. Painting. Writing. Singing. I don't know. It doesn't matter what it is. Any skill. That's how it works. That's how it works. You just need to practice. You know? So practicing your social skills over and over again. Trying and failing. And trying and failing and fucking failing and failing and failing and trying again is really what's going to help you see improvement, you know, in my opinion, obviously. Um, Yeah. So another factor. Let's move on. Another factor in creating the, the fear of rejection is I think a lot of us as kids were compared to other people, you know. Um, this is something I can't really relate to, but I'm sure it affects many people. You know, I've met many people that it affects still today, you know, constantly being compared to other people, especially as a child can really make you think that you are not good enough. You know, like if your parents or your, your friends or somebody says you should be more like Jackie, you should be more like Tony, you should be more like Anderson. You know, these kinds of comments can make a child really believe that the only way they'll be accepted or loved or or whatever it is is if they act like other people popular people socially accepted people and i think this is one of the reasons that so many people spend their lives trying to be someone that they're not you know and maybe that's obvious to you that's listening but it's just a thought i had when i was kind of preparing this podcast you know what i'm saying and in the show notes i'm going to put Um, some interesting links to different videos about this particular subject, the fear of rejection, people talking about their experiences and stuff like that. I was thinking about playing audio clips from these videos, but I think it would make the podcast too long. And um, I think it's a richer experience to watch the video because the original content is in video form, you know. But anyway, anyway, now let me see how we're doing on time. 44 minutes. Goddamn. Um, so let's move on to the next segment of this show that I prepared, which is kind of like a quick test or a quick survey to see if you, my friend, yes, you, I'm talking to you, are you afraid of rejection? Hmm. Somebody afraid of rejection. Hmm. We're about to find out. We're about to find out. So I was, like I said, I was doing some research about the, the fear of rejection, you know, maybe studies that have been done or other people's opinions on the subject and I gathered this list or this checklist so to speak of things that maybe you experience that can give you an idea like maybe you're afraid of rejection and you don't even know it maybe it's affecting your life in many ways and you don't even know it so that's what the purpose of this little segment is maybe to just to make you think about it just to make you reflect and ask yourself shit am I sabotaging myself due to this irrational fear you know Cause you, it really, it could be, it could be, you know, like I said, I'm 24 and it wasn't until this year that I truly, I always knew, you know, you, you have moments where you understand that you're fucking up, you know, that you're, you're ruining your own life. You're sabotaging your own life. But when I really sit down to think about this particular subject, it wasn't until this year that you really sit down and think about all the ways you have betrayed yourself or ruined opportunities that you've had or whatever it is in your own life you know or my own life 
anyway, man, you get you get the point, bro. Sometimes I get lost in my own thoughts. You know what I'm saying? That's the negative part about this podcast. But anyway, anyway, are you afraid of rejection? <laughs> are you afraid of rejection? Let's find out, shall we? Um, if you lack assertiveness while interacting with other people, you, my friend, might be afraid of rejection. Now, just in case you don't know, assertiveness is um, the, the ability to assert yourself. I know that's not helping you at all understand what I'm saying, but basically it means to to put your foot down. And that expression means to stand up for yourself. And that's another expression. I'm really not doing a good job of explaining this, am I? No, you're not, Tony. No, you're not. Um, assertiveness. You know what? That's why we got Google. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to check it out real quick so I can give you. And yes, I'm doing this live. God damn it. Assertiveness is a skill regularly referred to in social and communication skills training. Being assertive means being able to stand up for your own or other people's rights in a calm and positive way without being either aggressive or passively accepting wrong. So yeah, like I said, stand up for yourself. It doesn't mean be an asshole. It just means to stand up for your rights, to protect yourself, so to speak. You know what I mean? Without being overly aggressive or anything like that. Just to say what you mean and say it with the chest. You know what I'm saying? Say it like you, say it like you mean it. But without being an asshole, okay? So let's get back to it. If you lack that quality, maybe you're afraid of rejection. Just maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe you're afraid, okay? If you lack the courage to speak up, and I don't mean raise your voice when I say speak up. I'm not talking about volume, but the, the, the phrase or the expression speak up just means express yourself, to speak out loud, okay? So if you lack the courage to speak up or, or to express a controversial point of view, you know, or something like that, just to contradict other people, you might be afraid of rejection. It's, this sounds like a, um, like a, what do you call it? Like a STD exam or something like that. Do you experience a burning sensation near your genitalia? You, my friend, might have crabs, right? Anyway, um, if you lack a sense of personal identity, you might be afraid of rejection, you know? Because like I said earlier in the podcast, it's like, when you're constantly trying to be somebody else or please everyone else just to be accepted, you never really create the genuine you because you're constantly trying to be somebody else. So if you think, like, who am I? Like, what, you know, what is unique about me? And you don't have any answers to that question or you have very few answers to that question, you might have a lack of sense of identity or poor self-image, you know. And that might be the result of your irrational fear of rejection, you know. If you're dissatisfied with your life, you know, but instead of vocalizing it, instead of, you know, openly talking about it, you 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 bottle it up or you internalize it. You might be afraid of rejection. And what I mean by bottle it up, internalize it is you keep it inside. You don't tell anybody about it. You don't talk about it to your friends, your your girlfriend, your your psychiatrist, you're not psychiatrist, hopefully psychologist, your your priest, whoever it is, you just keep it to yourself. All your sadness, all your anger, you know, your dissatisfaction with things, you keep it to yourself. You might be doing that because you're afraid of being rejected or judged or whatever it is, you know. 
if you're consistently wearing like different masks to please other people, like I've said before, when I say different masks, what I mean is, you know, when you go out with this friend on Monday, you behave in this way. But when you go out with these people on Wednesday, you behave in this way. And on Saturday, you're this person. If you're constantly changing the way you behave or changing how you present yourself, you might be afraid of rejection. I know I was. You know what I'm saying? That's something that still affects me today, you know? Um, but that's the whole, I mean, although we're talking about that now, that particular point, something for another podcast that eventually I'll do, you know, something much more related to um, psychology, disorder, mental disorders, um, strange behaviors and things like that. I really want to do a podcast about that, too. I'd really love to interview psychologists about stuff like that, man, like Jordan Peterson, for example, man. Could you imagine Jordan Peterson on the Life in English podcast? If you're listening and you got connections like that, tell Jordan I need I need that interview, bro. Just a convert, not even an interview, just a conversation. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Hit me up, man. Anyway, um, if you feel as though other people have some kind of superiority over you or to you, I should say, if you feel like you're inferior to other people for whatever reason, you might be afraid of rejection. If you're obsessed with acting and and looking like other people. You might be afraid of rejection. If you're incredibly conscious about what other people think of you, say about you, the way they look at you, you, yes, you might be afraid of rejection. Yes, I'm sorry to tell you, but it's true. And if you are afraid to say no, if you're afraid to tell somebody no, you're afraid to express what you truly want you know because you're afraid of hurting their feelings or being rejected or being judged or seen as an asshole you my friend might be afraid of rejection right people pleasers is what we call them and that's that that one's interesting because it depends on your culture right like here in brazil for example i've learned the hard way i've learned that culturally Brazilian people don't like to tell people no. You know, if you offer them some food, sure, I'll take it. Whatever the fuck. You know, if you offer them an opportunity to go somewhere or do something with you or whatever it is, they'll either say yes or they'll find a way to say, I'll I'll answer that later. They don't say no. And I'm, I'm obviously generalizing. I mean, there's 200 million people here and they're not all the same. But it's a cultural thing. It really is. Me, for example, if I don't if I don't want to, if I if I want to tell you no, it's no. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that simple. I'm just a, I'm a very direct person. But it, it depends. It depends. So it may be it comes from your fear of rejection, but it also might just come from your cultural background and you never even really thought about it. You just do it, you know? So it's just something to think about. You know what I'm saying? Um so now. Where are we at? We're at 53 minutes. It's almost time to get out of here, y'all. So um, let's quickly talk about overcoming your fear of rejection, right? Because we've defined it, talked about the consequences of it. We've talked about where it comes from. So now maybe you've identified like, yes, this is something that I deal with for whatever reason. Maybe I'm afraid to speak English with natives because I don't want them to think I'm stupid. I don't want to be rejected. 
you know, I want to make friends or whatever it is. Maybe I'm afraid to try out for the basketball team. Maybe I'm afraid to, you know, try to get a, do a job interview, apply for a job in a foreign country where I have to speak another language because I'm not good enough. Whatever it is, bro, whatever it is. Now we're going to talk a little bit about how to overcome or how to conquer that irrational fear of rejection. Um, the first thing you need to do is really identify what you want. You know, then you need to figure out exactly why you want that thing. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you've ever listened to any motivational speaker before, I'm sure you've heard them say, without a strong why, W-H-Y, you'll never have what it takes to persist or achieve anything in life. You know, if you don't have a strong reason for doing something, then you're going to quit. I'm sure you've heard that before if you've ever listened to any motivational speaker that has ever existed, right? So... It's cliche, but it's true. Like, if there's not something deep inside you that's compelling you to move forward, that's compelling you to persist when things get tough, to try again and again and again until you succeed, then you won't have any reason to continue on your path when things get difficult. Like, it's, that's just the truth. It's just the truth because things are going to get difficult, whether you're learning English or trying to do anything else in life. It's going to get difficult at some point. So if you don't have a real significant reason to do that, to continue, then you're just going to quit because you have no reason to do it. I mean, it really is that simple. It's cliche for a reason. Right. So anyway. Um, yeah. I think. The hard work and the effort that you put into something is what makes it meaningful. You know, it's what it's what it's what gives you a sense of meaning. Yeah, it's what gives you a sense of meaning and the 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 force that you need to finish what you started. You know, when you have a strong reason to do something and you put all this effort into it and things finally get difficult for you and you want to quit. When you look back at the reason you're doing it and everything that you've invested to it, invested into it up until this point, hopefully it gives you what you need to finish. You know, so you need to know why you want to overcome something or why you want to accomplish something in order to actually achieve that. You know, and that's just my opinion. You know, so it would be good. It would be a good idea to ask yourself, what exactly do I want? Because the fear of rejection is one thing, but. Rejection in what context? You see what I'm saying? Is it being rejected for your English level? Is it being rejected by a beautiful girl or a beautiful man? Is it being rejected by... What is it? What exactly do you want? I want this girl. Or I want this job. I want this thing. And then you ask yourself, well, why? I mean, literally ask yourself why. I mean, you want a job because you want money, sure. But why do you want that job? Why is that what you want specifically? You know what I'm saying? You need to identify that. Write it down. And then after you identify what you want and why, ask, like, literally, ask yourself, how is that going to benefit me? What's the, what's the positive outcome of this? And write it down. And then it might be a good idea to ask yourself, what will I miss out on? Or what will I lose? What opportunity will I lose if I don't do something right now? And in this case, we're to, let's just bring it back to the main subject, which is the fear of rejection. What will I lose? 
What opportunities will I lose? What will I miss out on if I don't do something right now to overcome this irrational fear? How many more opportunities will I lose is really the question you should ask yourself. Because without a doubt, if the fear of rejection has been affecting your life in any way, you've already missed a bunch of different opportunities. So how many more is really the question, right? And write it down. Next, I think it would be a good idea to change your perspective on things. You know, it's all about perspective. Life is about perspective, right? In a way. Um, I just think you need to get a clear vision of reality by asking yourself, what type of rejection do I fear, for example? Whose rejection do I fear? And why? You know? Are you afraid of like being rejected by native English speakers because... You feel like if they don't accept the way that you speak or if they don't understand what you're trying to say, then you're just a piece of shit. You're terrible. You're never going to be successful in expressing yourself and understanding a foreign language and things like that. What is it? You're afraid of being rejected by a beautiful woman? Are you afraid of being rejected by your parents? What? Who is it and why? Why? I mean, like, really explain to yourself, where does the fear come from? And I can almost guarantee you When we're talking about rejection, when you sit down and explain to yourself why you fear being rejected by a particular person, I can almost guarantee you, you'll start to see how fucking stupid the fear is, how irrational and illogical that fear really is. Because a lot of times we don't think about it. We just feel the fear and we run away from it. But when you stop and analyze your fear, Sometimes you you start to understand, like, I have nothing to be afraid of. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I think that's where the cliche comes from. The only thing to fear is fear itself, you know? Because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, there are real things that you should be afraid of, right? Like, if you find yourself, you know, in the middle of a jungle and you cross paths with a tiger that hasn't eaten in a week, you should probably be afraid. I'd be afraid. But um, if you got to speak to somebody in a foreign language for the first time and you're not that confident, you really don't have any reason to be afraid. Because the worst thing that can happen is they don't understand what you're trying to say. You don't understand what they're trying to say. Or you say something stupid, possibly offensive. But hey, it's no big deal. You're, You're a foreigner. You're learning. It's part of the process. It happens to all of us. Every single one of us. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, let me move on because we're running out of time here. Um, After that, I would say you need to identify the harmful things that you do when you feel rejection. Right. So ask yourself, how do I behave when I feel that fear? What exactly do I do when I fear rejection? Do I run away? Do I behave in a strange way? Do I say things that I don't mean? What exactly am I doing? Because until you identify what you're doing, when you feel that fear, you're not going to be able to stop doing it. Obviously. So once you identify that, then you might want to ask yourself, how is this affecting me in a negative way? And I know some of these questions probably seem stupid and obvious, but I'm serious. Like, you should sit down and really think about it. You really should. Like, how are these things affecting my life in a negative way? And you might see it's affecting your life in more than one negative way. And that might give you the motivation to do something about it even sooner. You see? So after that, it might be helpful to start thinking about what you can do or how you can start to approach these situations in a different way. Like the next time I feel afraid of speaking with the native, 
what's something different I can do than running away or not saying anything? Maybe I can at least say hello. Maybe I can ask them how their day is going or what they think about the weather. Start with something basic, like a baby would. That's why we call them baby steps. You take baby steps. You crawl, then you take baby steps, then you're walking, and then you're running. You see what I'm saying? It's a process. So start small. It's my recommendation for any challenge. I mean, like, you have some people that recommend you start big, you know, shoot for the stars or whatever it is. I take a much different approach. Start small. There's a lot less risk involved, you know. I mean, and with a bigger risk, you get a bigger reward, sure. But I think it's much more practical and pragmatic to just start small. Because even if you fail, it doesn't even hurt that much, you know. You can do that again, no problem. It's nothing. So sit and think about that. Like, what do you do when you feel that fear? And what's something that you can do differently the next time you feel that fear, you know, and that's something that requires presence of mind. You have to be paying attention, right? Like when you feel that fear, you have to recognize it and act, like consciously make the decision to do something different. Because a lot of times when we feel fear or a strong emotion, we act instinctively. We react without even thinking about it, you know. So it could be a good idea to sit down and think, how do I react to these things? And. How do I choose a better reaction next time? You know? Then, after that, I would say you need to think about, like, potential obstacles, you know, that you're going to find on this path to success. And in this case, overcoming your fear of rejection, right? You just need to ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen? Just identify it. Put it on the table. Get it in the air. You know what I'm saying? Just come to terms with or accept the worst case scenario. Just accept it. You know what I'm saying? Because then it's not a surprise anymore. If it does happen, you already knew it was a possibility. You know what I'm saying? And if you write the answers to all these questions on a sheet of paper and answer them honestly, you'll probably see that a lot of fear you have and a lot of these obstacles that you imagine are just imaginary. They're irrational. All these negative things that could happen, once you see them written down on paper, you're like, what the fuck? What are you thinking? You know, at least that's what I say to myself sometimes. What the fuck are you thinking, bro? You know? Anyway, I'm not saying that you have to be, you know, Denzel Washington and Man on Fire after you write down all these answers. I'm not saying you got to be Superman. You're going to write down all these answers and now you're fucking Superman. Nothing can stop you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that realizing how silly... And self-destructive you can be is a great first step towards living a much better and much more satisfying life. You know, that's all I'm trying to say. So we're at an hour and five minutes, man. I think it's about time to get out of here. So I'll end by saying this. None of this information matters. None of it. This whole podcast, everything I've said up until this very moment doesn't mean anything. Not a single thing if you don't take it and apply it consistently. Because what I mean, I'm genuinely hoping that after listening to this, maybe you feel inspired to reflect on your life, make some changes, overcome your irrational fears. But not just today. After listening to this podcast every day after listening to this podcast, you see what I'm saying? It's all about consistency. Anything that you want to achieve in life is about consistency. 
You just gotta keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and fucking doing it. You know? This isn't like a, a motivational speech. It's not what this is. I would never try to do something like that. I mean, I'm hoping that you get motivated by what I'm saying, but this isn't some, this isn't, the intention isn't simply to motivate you to do something. It's to educate you and inform you with what you need to do it. That's it. Hoping, hoping that now that you have the information, you feel motivated to go do it. That's it. And maybe that's the same thing. Maybe I'm, maybe it's semantics. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, anyway, I'm not here to motivate you. That's not the main point of these podcast episodes. I'm not trying to make you feel better about yourself. Okay? If that happens, that's what's up. That's awesome. But that's not the intention, you know? And if you've been listening for the last hour, you know that's your job. I'm just here to give you some new ideas to consider. I mean, that's that's really what this podcast is. Life in English, I'm just trying to make you think about life. Because I think about life, you know? So what I recommend you do is you take this information I've given you in this podcast and figure out a way to apply it to your life every single day. Every single day. Because the trick to overcoming any fear isn't to simply stop feeling fear. I really don't even think that's possible unless, you know, you're high on cocaine or crack or something like that. But if you're a sober human being, I really think it's impossible to not feel any fear. I really think it is. It's a natural human feeling. We all feel fear, right? The trick, in my opinion, to overcoming fear is to simply change the way you react to the fear that you feel. That's really it. You're always going to feel fear, probably always going to feel some kind of anxiety in new situations and things like that. But what you have control over is not your feelings. It's your reaction to your feelings. You always have control over that, in my opinion. Speak with your psychologist to to be sure about that, right? I know it's easier said than done, but it really is that simple. And I'm speaking only from, you know, personal experience. So, anyway, take that for what it's worth, man. Do what you want with the information. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode um, I've been wanting to do it for about a month now Finally got uh, everything prepared Got the time to sit down and do it So hopefully it turned out good You know Like I said in the last episode If you ever have any feedback, questions, comments You just want to say what's up to me Feel free man, send me a message um, You can find me on Instagram At Tony Kaizen You can send me an email at Englishwithkaizen at gmail.com um, Yeah man I'm available most of the time. So hit me up. All right. But that's it for now, man. This has been another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you later. Peace. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.